morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is a new episode, a new series, sorry, Stargazing, um, where we will be, I guess, kind of touring the country, the planet, the world, and highlighting some uh, of the art and culture and music and literature. Um, new, budding, and some perhaps not so new starlets <laughs> of the future and of present. So we call it stargazing so that we, we can gaze into what the stars might be in the future. Uh, people that we think have got ability and styles and we hope to see one day them up in lights like we see other famous people today. Wouldn't that be wonderful for us yeah. to actually speak to someone like, um, for example, my cousin, and he used to do events where Amy Winehouse would perform. Wow. He, he was part of the team that helped to break her. And I think that if, uh, you know, we had somebody like Johnny Tristram, who's just hey. joined us, yeah. <laughs> um, go on to become as huge a star as, as Amy, that would be amazing. Heard it here first on Curious Anarchy. Welcome, Hi, good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's, awesome. uh, it's nice to be here. Awesome, awesome, thank you. So, this is my co-host, Mark. Hi, Hi Mark. Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, nice to meet you. Johnny, meet Hi. Mark. Um, and we've been running this podcast for just over two months now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, um, yeah, so this is kind of like our second interview with somebody who's outside of our of immediate in fact no technically you're in my friendship group but outside of our <laughs> mutual um friendship group um, cool. just interviewed an, an upcycler who's traveled the world and worked in corporate development and all of that kind of stuff so that was really interesting um but what i wanted to talk to you about what i wanted to get you onto the podcast to talk to you about was your experience over the last year <laughs> yeah um, you're a musician and you've been holding shows online um, and you had a very interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way to describe it, really. It was a great, a great, a great start to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like a bit of a challenge here. Um, so, yeah, just kind of take us through because you, you were yeah. on the moon, weren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been traveling 20 years. I've, you know, I've pitched up in different places at times and stayed put, but pretty much... You know, been on the go with my guitar on my back for about 20 years now in total. And uh, I'd been working on the cruise ships um, over the last three or four years, trying to save money. Didn't work in the end. I'm not great at that. Um, but uh, yeah, when when, when everything uh, went to pot, I happened to be on a cruise ship in, in Australia, out in Sydney. Um, and uh, we, we, uh, we weren't allowed to leave. We got an announcement on March uh, telling us that uh, the passengers were getting off and our flights home were cancelled and they'd, they'd update us soon. <laughs> wow. So, were you trapped out at sea or were you docked? Well, to begin with, we were in Sydney Harbour. Um, the, 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 ship, okay. the ship should have been over in Asia to begin with. Um, it, it, it should have been sailing over there, but the, the, the of cruises were cancelled because the virus was in Asia at that time, but nobody knew about it worldwide. Um, so the cruise ship was sent to Australia to sit sit and dock, but then they decided to to use it and give free cruises to all the bush firefighters. Okay. 
Um, so I got a phone call. I'd, I'd kind of finished doing the cruises and decided at the beginning of the, that, that year that I was going to pitch up and stop and get back in the UK and try and get myself moving a little bit more with what, towards what I was aiming to do rather than just the wandering and the, the travelling. Mm-hmm. And, and then they gave me, my agent phoned me up and he said, hey, you know, would you like to do one more last cruise? It's for wow. a good cause. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm, I'm kind of a moral guy, you know. I, I kind of saw that as a bit of a calling, really, to go and, and do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. Um, so then you ended up playing to these firefighters? Then. Yeah, we did We did four cruises in total. They didn't go to stop anywhere, which was the good thing about the ship, really. There was no chance of anybody on board, really, unless they'd uh, had an asymptomatic when they got on. But when everything went down, there was no chance of us containing wow. the virus. It just sailed around at sea for four days. We picked them up in Sydney, and it was basically just like a floating hotel for them to get to drink, party, and, and have a good time <laughs> and forget about six months of, of fighting fires. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the, there was the, the fires at the yeah. start of last year, wasn't there? Well, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the stories they were coming out with and telling me. They, 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 and the thing was, I didn't realise completely, because I kept hearing vol- volunteer firefighters. The whole of Australia is volunteer firefighters. They don't have a paid fire force. Yeah. So oh. all them people that you saw on the news with them raging fires and fighting them and the guys putting their lives in risk and dying weren't even getting paid for it so you, you can imagine what kind of people they were wow and and, wow. and and that for me was it was all of a sudden actually it was like it was it was kind of an epiphany for me when i was there because like i say i've been doing the years of traveling and playing gigs where where mainly covers was my income because that's kind of the only thing that on the main street on the, on the, on the wandering around that people pay for so mm-hmm. i i'd, I'd, I'd kind of got tired of being the guy in the pub singing Sweet Caroline, which was why I quit the cruise ships. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's only so many times and so many different ways you can try and sing that song, you know, uh, before realising it's just one of those songs that everybody wants to get drunk and forget things about, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and I'd kind of really, I'd kind of had, a, I'd had the argument. I mean, I used to fight it. I, I did a good job on the ships, else they wouldn't have kept employing me because I did the biggest ships. Yeah. But I'd fight it, you know, I'd get a room full of people that really wanted just to get drunk and start singing drunk songs and I'd try and get them connected and, and emotional. Wow. But, <laughs> but it must have worked, it must have worked. And um, yeah, and, and, and so, yeah, so these firefighters were there. The amazing thing that happened was the ship, because it should have been in Asia, didn't have a pub in it because Asian, pe- Asian people apparently don't like pubs. It's not a thing over there. Oh, okay. Um, so, so Royal Caribbean say, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. And so it was a coffee shop. And when I first got in on my first night to go and play, rather than having a stage to play on, I had a little tiny sort of sofa couch in the corner, Br- <laughs> a bright lit room, um, <laughs> uh, like white walls. And, and, and But what I did was just decided, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and be me. And I sat down and I picked all the eclectic songs that I thought were really sort of healing songs for people. And I sang my own songs in the same way. And and you know what? All of a sudden, every night, I had a packed coffee shop full of people there for the reason that I've always wanted to play for. <laughs> oh, wow, that's brilliant. So you're, you're a bit of a, I guess, a musical shaman then, in a way. <laughs> Do I need to get some flip-flops? <laughs> Oh, no, I, th- I thought you'd be bare feet, but yeah. No, um, to be honest, 
not, not you know, not to sort of self-proclaim myself into that position, but I always <laughs> felt that music was there for that. Um, when I yeah. first started to write, it was for myself. I, you know, I'd spent years trying to get... I, my beginning was, I don't know if you can still remember when we first started talking, but my beginning was, randomly, I was in a boy band in the 90s called A1. Um, and the, yeah, they kicked. They, they kick. Wait, hold on. <laughs> you don't know about it. Oh, oh, you know this. I didn't know this. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> I oh, not you that. need to just go back to that a second. <laughs> what happened? <that> happen? <laughs> You're gonna have me on that one now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, How did that Talk happen? About it. Well, you left school and suddenly they said we need a boy band, and you were there. Well. Ish, yeah, pretty much. Back in the day, it was kind of like like a vending machine of kids, and they'd, they'd pick them and put them together. But I'd moved to London to be an actor in my twenties, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd done you know TV and radio stuff, been the small, the big uh, small fish in the, you know the, oh big fish in the small pond, yeah. whichever way around it is, yeah. and left for London. And, and I, when I was there, the stage newspaper had an advert in it saying. You know, new boy band, uh, the next big thing. Would you like to be in it? And wow. and you, do you know the dance attic in Fulham Broadway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, yeah. we went there, and uh, there was an audition. That place is owned by the Right Said Fred guys, and and I used to go vocal coaching there with a guy as well called Kev Leo. But um, they you did an open audition, and, and over a year, auditioned thirty thousand people uh, to be in wow. this boy band, and, and and me and Paul got picked first, and. Then they assembled the rest over a year, and uh, there was five of us. Uh, sorry, can I just ask you? Because I mean, sorry, I'm, obviously I don't know you as well as Jermaine, but you've come to London to try and do acting, and suddenly there's an advert for a boy band, and you're like, okay, I'll go for that. And what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't. Sick. I mean, as a, as a child leaving his hometown, I mean, I'd always been yeah. the, the character actor. I'd always been the entertainer. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. So for me, it was just about any opportunity to get myself onto okay. a stage really okay. at that point okay. i didn't know music right. i wasn't you know i wasn't doing shakespeare i'd done the national youth music theater and you know bit bobs and parts it was kind of in the beginning the dream of fame and fortune i guess yeah yeah, yeah 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 totally i think i think that's why everyone ends up in london like yeah. i i kind of came down here for the same thing i was doing a, a bit of music i was an agent for a period of time um and i've, I've worked in events and done corporate and um, I'll be going back into uh, some other bits and pieces, which will come out in due course. Awesome. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like that. Well, it's the maker, isn't it? It's the place. It's, it's the Dick Whittington travel. You, every, yeah. Anyone from a small town yeah. wants to do something more than just, you know, on the local area. You go to London, don't you? <laughs> when I was 20, about 140 years ago, um, I, I volunteered working <laughs> with, the, with the homeless and I met loads of people who'd come to London and oh, wow. just unlucky, you know, they just couldn't get the brakes and they were like literally <laughs> on the streets. And it was like, they came from everywhere. Absolutely. I've learned so much about the geography of England because they just came from it and, and America as well. They came from everywhere. I'm a mess. Where are you from, Johnny? Uh, Cheshire originally, but a place called Northwich. It's only really known for the charlatans as being a music band that came from there. And oh, oh, Harry's Harry's Tales as well. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And Johnny, the football team. Northwich Victoria. You know about that? Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> mate, you're, that's amazing. <laughs> 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 I travelled around the country watching them as a kid. 
they were fantastic. Yeah, they were awesome. <laughs> I forgot about them. That's brilliant. <laughs> we had some great players there at different times turn up. Like it was as if the managers just knew people. One week Neville Southall yeah. was in goal, and it's like, where's he come from? <laughs> I remember watching you on telly beat so many big teams that. Oh, we had the FA Cup run one year, and it was like on BBC oh, One, and we beat someone. And they're like with a header in the like last minute. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were on BBC oh. One, and they scored in the last minute. It was like, wow, what is this? I think it was. <laughs> Charlton, it might have been Charlton, if I remember right, or someone like that. Yeah, it was someone like that, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was like a big name. Yeah. <laughs> we had to go. When, when Charlton were big. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and that everyone's like, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, Northwich are no more now. It became a quick save, and now I think it's just oh. a car park, unfortunately, as it, as it goes. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> well, luckily, so you, you, you still are. Yeah, I, 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 I survived. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. They didn't turn me into a car park. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. It may be in the plans. <laughs> um, so, Johnny, um, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> um, talk to us more about your music your musical journey yeah so as i say i mean it began it began with the boy band thing that that ended what you know six months before they signed to sony i got kicked out and i had about another five or six years around pop industries being in sort of mixed groups and some of them were quite interesting <laughs> like, <laughs> Why did you um, I, oh, long long story i mean i didn't the, the real crux of it came that one day we had a meeting in a pub with the four of the, four of the lads one of the lads wasn't there and we discussed about our roles in the group and the, the manager had always told me he saw me as a bit like the robbie and the, the sort of jerry halliwell because i was outgoing and personality and smiley and probably not the best singer <laughs> and um right. and 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 I had that conversation that I thought that was my role and one of the other lads in the group really had an ego issue and I didn't know it we'd been mates all along and all of a sudden he started having issues with me and then I believe that he he, he he did some sort of backstabbing and one day there was a meeting with just me and him I went in first he went in afterwards I got kicked and it was basically here's a phone phone somebody you're out of the band you're you know your voice isn't strong enough we don't think you're you're right for this anymore and I was I was bemused I mean as a 20 21 year old kid at that point in the city thinking his life was about to fly I've been in magazine you know magazines back home everybody knew who I was Wow. So it was pretty devastating, and I, I kind of decided at that point I was never going home because I didn't want to be that kid that that failed. So it, it get, that was the beginning of me traveling uh, and moving from place to place. And, and music, because it had been something that I'd done, then I kind of felt like I had something to prove. So in the beginning, it was more about saying to this guy, you know, you're wrong. I am good enough. I can do this, and I pursued it for that for a long time. And then eventually, uh, I've been working the Northwest music scene, doing pubs and clubs. And I was in Oldham in a working men's club. And this place was like <laughs> Phoenix Nights, like completely. Like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened to be at this night that my auntie was over visiting from America. And she said, oh, I'll come and see the gig with you. Pick me up. Um, and this was then to the next level. My auntie, uh, who picked me up, um, she, she was a Playboy bunny in, in America at the time. Wow. Um, She'd moved from England as a fan of Dynasty in Dallas as a kid and joined the circus in Mexico. 
escaped over the border oh, wow. into Houston. <laughs> yeah, for real. Honestly, it's a crazy story. She started on doing karaoke's and small bars, then got picked up for local radio, and then wow. and then married a lawyer. Um, husband number one um, was the guy that ended up representing Michael Jackson's doctor. <laughs> wow! Yeah, Chernoff, check him out. Yeah, and my auntie Mickey Mickey Chernoff. Then she, so she got picked from radio to be in Playboy, became a Playboy model, then a Playboy recruit, and then uh, and then she was a photographer for the first female one for Playboy. So she she came to this gig. In, in Oldham and said, hey, come to America, you know, I'll make you famous and uh, come and meet all these people and, and flew me over to Houston um, with a, like a 90 day holiday visa. Uh, and, and, and then that began. Uh, I, I did numerous trips back into the first couple of trips were all about kind of being the, the, the guy that used to be in the boy band and coming getting signed in the States. And then eventually, once I'd kind of gone through all the plasticness of the world that that she was in, not her, but the world that she was in, I just I, I yeah. kind of went my own way and found a place out in the sticks. Started singing in a small Italian bar, and then went to open mics. And it was at that point I started to write and and and, and write about my life and what I've been through. For me, really, more than anything, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to be a writer and a songwriter and get this stuff out. It was just. This is my this is my guitar. This is me. I'm in a comfortable place, and 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 then I began to write, and then and it was different things. Then I, I had a group of kids in a bar across the road in the little house that I lived in, who used to be out drinking in the afternoons, and I'd be out the front playing my songs that I'd write, and then they started coming over and listening, and then I realised at that, that point that my music and the stuff that healed me could heal others, and then it was just like that's got to be my life now, and the journey of being on the road and trying to get my own stuff moving began at that point probably about eight years ago now so what was your when you what was your thinking then in terms of what would been like for you the pinnacle of achievement if you'd if it like say if everything had fallen into place completely what where would you have liked to have been in say 10 years time well in in, in the beginning previous to start to writing and going over there with my auntie everything was always like i've got to get a record deal because that'll prove that guy okay. wrong and it was yeah. always the aim that i need a record deal to be something when i get that everything else is going to fall into place around me and and i'll be on bigger stages doing what i want to do and it it I kind of spent my time looking for people to help me as I went around. Uh, I played a, yeah. the cover gigs to get by and get a bit of money, but the real stolen moments were generally after the gigs when I get to play my own songs to more intimate crowds of people that stay behind or, yeah, or, right. or just to open mics away from it all, which was really, really weird, but it was still growing as it went. And so was my sort of style and idea of what, what I wanted to write about. Um, so yes so how would how would you describe your style yeah good question well it's interesting i mean i think people listen to things and they hear one thing that's like something else and then immediately say oh you like that so people say, oh you know damien rice david gray J james blunt um passenger um i guess there's bits of elements of all of them but for, for, for me like i was listening to guys like john martin um you sound so much like him <laughs> just talking wise you sound so much like him. really that's cool yeah you've got that that gravel that gravel voice sort of thing <laughs> well i just i just I, I love truth in music you know for me it's an, it's yeah. an art in in the same Absolutely. way i watched the van gogh movie recently have you seen that one with uh, 
yeah, foe yeah. and the way that he talks about the need to create and the connection and, sh and, and showing mm. things that people don't generally see and for me I kind of find like as a musician you, you're, you're the lens aren't you you're the camera and, and I, oh, yeah, I want to capture things that are happening and, and tell people what what went on you know I, you know when you work out a situation at the end and you realize why it happened and you consider every perspective to analyze it then there's lessons in everything and I, I just love taking life and putting them into the songs like that really turning negatives into positives yeah brilliant more in the sense of donovan than, D than dylan i think really yeah 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 what, what what where would you see like now like sort of going forwards now because like a lot of things have happened this year for you what where do you see like in the next three or four years yourself heading well I, i've got a plan didn't I, I basically when everything went to, 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 to pot and I couldn't go anywhere I had to bed down in order to get any help from the government um, yeah, and I was yeah, yeah. Re registered down in Cornwall because I'd headed down here after meeting a guy in Portugal a couple of years ago who wanted to help me get some structure in what I was doing so the only place I could get support was coming here so I rented a static caravan and I built a stage in the front room I started doing Patreon shows <laughs> <laughs> and I bought a, a minibus that I'm going to convert into a camper van and a touring show Wow, wow, wow. Um, and my plan really now is, like, it's gone completely away from where it was. I, I, I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's no aim to get to, to anybody or, or, or achieve anything other than just to get to a wider audience. So I'm setting myself up, if I can raise the capital by the end of the summer, because um, to get the camper van finished and converted into a home, I don't have to pay rent anymore and I can be on the road and the business is, is running itself. I, I literally want to go and play in streets parks anywhere where people can connect wow. more really and and, and 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 create you know create my own stage uh, pubs and yeah, clubs are great and it's entertainment yeah. but there's a different thing between entertainment and art in there you know they, um, they used to do you need like a sorry no, go on, do, you, do you need a license to do that kind of thing some busking cities license. require busking license uh, some of the ones don't uh, in dublin for instance uh, the rule that was there used to be um if you've got two albums um that you've released and you've you can prove that then then you're good enough to busk it's kind of a, that's a good level but i think some cities do require licenses uh, I, i'll be looking into that more but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to aim to do it in like busy streets and stuff. I like places no, like, no. you know, I, I don't want mass audiences. I want audiences that will listen. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say a couple of things. Um, first of all, check out, because you've been down Cornwall and that, check out a band called Fat Ballard. All right. Fat Ballard. So they, they, they perform in the streets and stuff, and oh, they're really you? interesting. So you might you might get a lot from them. And the other thing I was going to say to you, it's a shame because you just missed out because in the 1980s in London, there was a folk club in Leicester Square above a pub where people like Paul Simon came and played. Wow. That people would, would busk on, in the underground and then go straight upstairs and play a set. Nice. <laughs> and it would have been perfect for you because your voice is just so that, that scene, it would have been perfect for you. It, there really has been a lack of that kind of a scene and I've never yeah, found yeah. it. In, in the States, it was quite regular. You know, you, you could get up and be yourself anywhere you wanted and, and people connected. In, in the UK, it was standard, like dress up like meatloaf and they're more interested. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 100%. And, and, and then the mainstream ones were so busy being controlled by people trying to be in the industry that that became a battle and not a comfortable scene to play either. I just want a play and 
have that you know that that, that environment where people want to connect and, and heal and face things and, and look at truths but I, I, along with the, with the journey what i've decided to do now as well which is great that you told me about that band and i'll come and see you guys when i'm on the road and i've got the camper band my aim is to literally shine a light wherever I go on talent. So I'm going to be looking around for creatives, of people doing amazing things in certain areas, even outside of creating just things that are good for communities. And I'm going to interview people and I'll feature that in a, in a, in a web show that I do. Um, that's that's the plan is, is you know, basically, I've got the company's called Common Ground and I want to just prove that there is that common ground that we all stand on. Absolutely. Uh, Jermaine, do you want to tell um, Johnny about the gig we're going to be doing in Cape Town? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. You can invite um, him okay. to play. So, wow. Yeah. So basically, uh, myself and Mark and my, my three-year-old son, we are in the process of planning a campaign to walk and cycle across Africa. Fantastic. Um, we'll be travelling something like seven and a half thousand miles. <sighs> um beginning in Cairo, worming our way down the eastern side of yeah, Africa, yeah. Um, down to Cape Town. And what we'd like to do is we'd like to have a big celebration at the end. Um, ideas that we've kind of discussed uh, are having um, Dave Chappelle. He does a, yeah. a big event out in America, some sort of Coachella type thing, um, and having him do one in Cape Town. Um, We'll have a whole load of artists and appearances and just just a lot of fun and and yeah just just to celebrate um and the, the aim of it really is to raise funds for the nhs and for numerous other organizations along the way as well that's awesome yeah i, I, I let me know anything that i can do to be involved and help with that absolutely yeah. i mean I, I have friends over in south africa that, that moved when we were kids that i've always wanted to get back and go and visit and uh, obviously i'm when you mentioned really? paul simon I'm, I'm a huge fan and graceland as an album and check, yeah. go out and sort of see see other music you know and other ways that it that it bonds and connects in other countries has always been a desire so anything like that would be awesome so because of the virus we don't know how when we can start and everything but once we've got it organized we'll let you know because we would like you to play because the idea is to have a, a wide range of artists so that we represent South Africa and England with the kind of artists that, we're, that are playing and hopefully that will again raise more money for the campaign. Yeah, fantastic. And if you're doing any fundraisers in the UK beforehand, either virtually online or when I'm travelling around, uh, once it's allowed, uh, you know, you want me to come and play some shows to help you to raise some funds with all that by doing my own music. I'm absolutely down for that as well. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, is there anything else? <laughs> well, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask Johnny a question. Sure. Johnny, if you had a message to the world now with all the kind of experiences and traveling that you've done, given that like, people are going through hard times at the moment, I just wondered, because you've got a range of knowledge and a sort of like a, a, a real horizontal sort of like traveling vision, what, what message would you give to people sitting at home listening to the pod? Uh, well, I'd like to say to, ev to everyone right from the start, that they're loved right everybody's loved and everybody is part of the same thing i've been every, i've been everywhere that i can be and traveled all the time and i've almost been like on the outside looking at other people's lives and, and, and viewing them 
and the one thing that bonds us all is is the fact that we're all part of the same thing and that love yeah. and helping each other is the best the best feeling like you can't get a better fix than doing something selflessly for somebody else and seeing them benefit from it and i, I think everyone's so busy watching tv and climbing piles through the years that they kind of forgotten the most important things and i think this year has helped some people to be able to start seeing that again and realize what matters and and i can i can tell everyone that that, that, that there is hope out there that there is love out there and these there is people that that that, that want to be connected and that, you know there's a lot of arguments everywhere this this year's been so challenging on everybody i'm a positive person and it's yeah. i found it a challenge but I, I always try and step away from every situation and look at it from a different perspective and we'll look at it from the 360% perspective of how it could be for me, for everybody else. And, and with this now, I've realised that everyone's found it easier a little bit to switch off from each other uh, right now yeah. to survive. And we put ourselves into bubbles and we stepped away because we've got our own problems and it's hard enough to deal with them without you know wanting, worrying about everybody else's. But... When, when, when this, when, when the world starts to open up again, and even right now, all you need to do is pick up the phone, go and see somebody, and talk to them. We're, we're all here together. And if you found somebody in your life at any point that you already knew that you had common common ground with and that you loved, go back to them and reconnect in that way. The one, the one thing I found was kind of my life's been in segments, and when I've moved from place to place, I've had quality time with each person that I've been with when I've been there. Yeah. And, that thing never changes when I go back, but due to the corona, like I've not been back. And so them connections that I had, although they're just as strong, they're so distant right now because everybody's battling and there's not that time to do that. But I think I think it's just positivity. Look, look at what matters. Look at what makes you feel good. And it isn't, it isn't money and riches and it isn't success isn't being at the top of a ladder. Success is being you. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like everyone's given a different gift to be something and we're so busy trying to be put into boxes and divided up that we worry about who we are and that we have to compete. Life is definitely not a competition. It's a game of golf and it's your opportunity every day to improve your part is the way I look at it. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that. Um, I like that. Um, I was just going to say that on, uh, one thing Jermaine's taught me is that so many meet together and it's funny because talking to you, I just looked it up and the team that Northridge Victoria beat 3-2 in the FA Cup there in 1977, their longest run, was Watford Town, <laughs> managed or directed by Elton John. So it brings music <laughs> and football together. <laughs> no way, that's crazy. And that's a year after I was born, 76. I was. Yeah. So that's, well, there that's you go. El Elton John, I can tell him when I meet him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, me and Jermaine have been in touch for years online, although never actually met in person for different yeah. reasons. And I feel, I feel like there's, a, there's there is a group of people out there that already kind of get it more more than everybody else. And I feel like you know, artists for one, or anybody involved in, in the industry for the real core reasons, kind of are them people. And we've got to be a bit of a guiding light and, and show people yeah. the better things, the real things, the truths. <laughs> And, yeah. and now, now you know the fact that you're doing these podcasts and talking to people, and you know talking about things that, that kind of matter more than trivi trivialness is great. It's, it's, it's this is what's happening now. People are opening up to wanting substance over yeah. uh, over shiny things. Yeah, 
definitely. I, I feel I really resonate with that um, because it, I think it was the reason why we even started this was because of that reason. We were having these uh, conversations stemming out of uh, an anti-racism group that we're a part of. Um, I'm, I'm also a admin, uh, admin, 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 <laughs> an admin, and yeah, and a host as well. So I, I host the, the lives and I interview people, and um, it's kind of developed from there. And then we were sat one day and we were like, yeah, yeah, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. do that. Let me recorded it. The first one, I think it was uh, the silence. Yes, that was we had. Our first one. Um, and then uh, no, it was social justice in a new oh. world. That was our okay. first one. Silent screaming to be heard was the second, um, and that's I think at top second from top in our listening figures. But anyway, um, so yeah, it was just kind of a really therapeutic um, activity that we were partaking in, pretty much every two or three days. Um, and then it's just kind of developed over time. We've now got something like four or five different series. I've spun off and done my Who Is series, an interview with a whole bunch of different people. Um, we've started up this this series, Stargazers, um, which is looking to highlight culture, art, literature. All you help me promote my book. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know we've come together for this walk as well. And there's just the thing. The thing is. Just, just the, the, the social network that was created is, is anything but social uh, and what Facebook and the animal that it became uh, and the different yeah, yeah. Plat- platforms just weren't the place where people could connect anymore and for me there's nothing mm. that can't be solved by people talking because behaviours and things that generally happen are only based on emotions and if you break down to where the core of where it came from then you can iron out the truth of it all in the end and you know people just I think for years we've been so busy tucking things under the carpet and putting on this Facebook shiny exterior. And mm-hmm. now is now yeah. is definitely the time to stop pulling them out and, and talking about them and, and, and together. <laughs> That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, hundred mm. percent. Well, um, Johnny, it, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for uh, for coming. Cheers on for having me. Um, this has been Johnny. I just want to say before you turn off, uh, I just want to say, Johnny. I hope you always travel with solid air and never lay your head down without. <laughs> well, thank you very much, mate. He's awesome. <laughs> check check out John Martin. Can I say before I go as well? Is is check out the patreoncom slash Johnny Tristram. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the moment, um, just to raise the funds, what I've been doing is is live shows every other week on a Thursday oh, and a, okay. a Saturday, uh, and people can sign up okay. for less than a five or a month to watch the shows. Johnny, say uh, again the the contact. It's patreon.com slash Johnny Tristram. I'll send you it to to, to, to link in a message as well. But at the moment, it's just live shows because I'm restricted. But what it's going to be in the end is going to be this whole me traveling around the the world, beginning with the UK, then Europe and America and Australia and finding talent and putting it all out there for you all and connecting everybody. So come check it out. Send me a message. Join now. Join later. But uh, yeah, 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 we'll do my advert bit. Good. No, absolutely. Excellent. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Well, um, yeah, this has been Stargazers with myself, Jermaine G, Mark W, and Johnny Tristram. (laughs) Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.